Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Discussion with the Friend. I'm Jay. How y'all doing, man? Welcome back to Discussion with the Friend. It's your boy Rob. And today we got a special guest on here, uh, one of my close friends named Vanessa. She's a road engineer. She studies civil engineering, so it should be a real interesting conversation. I haven't seen her in a while, so I'm excited. Let's get it. See this my beat flex. This is skip the line because it's me next. Why you always capping? Why you playing? This ain't reason. All right. Well, my name is Vanessa. I studied at the University of Iowa. Um, I got my bachelor's in engineering. I'm a civil engineer specifically in transportation. And um, something I like to do is cooking and baking and that kind of thing. Cool. Cool. So let's start with what is a civil, uh, civil engineer? Because a lot of people do not know. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's hard to put it in a nutshell, but it's basically just we work with infrastructure so anything between like water resources, uh, roadways, transportation, you know, environmental, there's fuel, like it's, it's a lot of different things. Um, but basically what makes up our infrastructure uh, is kind of what we work with. Cool. So what made you want to get into that? Honestly, I don't have like a great answer. Some people are usually like, oh, like my dad was like this structural engineer and he designed bridges or something. Like I really didn't know. Um, when I was in high school, I just knew I liked math. I knew I liked science and I knew I liked art. And I just kind of had to do my own research to see what I could do that kind of mixed that all together. And well, engineering in general was one of them, but, um, civil engineering just kind of stuck out to me because it's something that, you know, you see your product in a large scale and I just felt like that's something that would be satisfying. Um, and so I just kind of took a leap of faith and, and studied that. And so far I do not have any regrets. That's good. So okay. like, what are, what are the courses that you have to take in order to become a civil engineer? And is there any like permits or licenses or anything like that you have to get? Um, so for the curriculum, it was pretty set like by the school um you have to take everything from physics chemistry all different levels of math calculus sounds um, so gross yeah <laughs> trust me when i think about school i'm like oh yeah i don't think i could do that again <laughs> it was like a one-time deal um like I took classes in wood structures and foundations, environmental, transportation, like I said, water resources, just just about everything that you can think of. And I did take a few gen eds, but that's like unrelated to my major. Right. Um, in terms of license, I do I don't need to have a license, but if I want to have like the ability to sign off on plans and designs, like I need to have it. Um, and that process is the first test. It's called the fundamentals of engineering exam. And I took that when I was still in college, which is basically like, it's like a six hour test where yeah. you have all of the material that you learned in college. It's not specific to, you know, civil engineering. So I did that. It's a pass fail test. Uh, it's, pretty tough it's uh, a lot of studying I had to do for that but I passed that thankfully and then the next part of the requirement for the license is I have to have four years of design experience under a licensed engineer 
I also need to have graduated the university, which, you know, I did. And then the last part of it would be to take my PE, which is the professional engineering exam, which is an eight hour test specifically in the, in what I'm studying, which not studying what I'm doing, which is in transportation. And, um, I don't have to wait the four years to take the test. So, um, Hope, I'm hoping to take that this coming year or at least start studying for it and planning for it. Um, but yeah, that's just to show that you're competent, especially, I mean, what we do, like if a, if a bridge or something is designed incorrectly, like, you know, that can kill plenty of people. And I'm sure you guys have seen things like that. Disasters that happen, bridges collapse, you know, roadways, that kind of thing. So it's a part of why we need to have our license in order to sign off on things. Okay. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, actually I have two questions, but the first one I can ask both of you since you guys are both uh, engineers in different fields. Uh, so you just talked about a plethora of courses you took. What was like a class that stuck out to you that, you know, really like kind of, you know, solidify like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Like, you know, maybe one of your favorite classes you took, you know, coinciding with, uh, civil engineering and then I was going to ask you the same question Jay uh, what was the class you took that you know really made you you know I know I want to do this for a fact even if you didn't you know you want to do it but like really just was like oh yeah I could see myself doing this later on Um, I, I would say uh, introducting to uh, Python programming because that was actually python. incredibly that was hard bro and I still I still struggle with like python and stuff like that so that's something that I actually Next year, I plan to like master that because right now it's I ain't there yet. So I I realized once it was a class that really challenged me and I still found it interesting that this is this is, you know, what I want to do. So I would say that. Okay. Um, For me, I can't say that it was a class that made me feel like, oh, yeah, this is what I want to do, because I think the whole time I was like, well, I'm so deep into this. This is what I'm going to (laughs) do. Um, but it was actually, I think I took this my senior year. It was, um, it was called Resilient Infrastructure and Emergency Response. And it was basically mm. a class taught by a professor that was actually the city engineer for Iowa City um, back in his day. Now he's a professor. But we basically learned about what it is to, like, the importance of having resilient infrastructure and the ability for communities and towns to be able to bounce back from like disasters and that kind of thing um because in Iowa City at the time and in his time being the city engineer he went through like three major disasters there was like a huge flood in 2008 I believe they also had a tornado that went through the city and they also had like a major like fire so we kind of just like learned like like real life examples of like the importance of all this stuff and the importance of planning and, and how the process is of from involving like the different levels of government and when, you know, the federal government gets involved in that kind of thing. So I just felt like it was very interesting. It's something that, you know, I hadn't really put thought into, um, but I, I just really enjoyed it. I like, um, that the aspect that I like about engineering is being able to help people at a, at a larger scale 
And that kind of solidified that for me. Okay. And then um, the other question I had, um, this is just me speaking from experience, uh, you know, going to NIU. I had a lot of STEM friends and, you know, they used to talk about like the diversity there. So like you being a Latina, you know, a woman, um, can you speak to like the diversity in your field? You know, is there a lot of people that look like you and is there any challenges that you might have faced, you know, being a minority? Well, definitely not that many people that look like me, uh, not in civil engineering. Civil engineering tends to be one that's very male dominant. Um, but I I have to say in like the general classes, there I felt like there was some some diversity. Like regardless, it is still, you know, white male dominated field. Just that's just kind of like the history behind it. There's still, you know, work to be done to get more people involved. But um, yeah, at the very at the at very end, like if I there was a class of maybe, you know, 16, 20 of us and I would be the only woman there and wow. the only person of, you know, like a different ethnic background. So it was weird. Um a part of me felt like I didn't fit in like a lot of the time I was yeah. like is this even for me I right. felt like I was always out of like I didn't understand what was going on and half the time is because like everyone knew each other everyone had some sort of connection in the industry like my dad's an engineer my uncle like right. I know people this is how I got my internship this is how this is and that like I know upperclassmen like they give me all the answers and all that kind of mm. thing for like whatever and I'm over here struggling and like how do they have time to go out to the bars how do they have time to enjoy themselves when I'm over here slaving away like feeling like I'm miserable like not making sense of anything but it's just like eye-opening when I realized that it's like oh well I'm actually putting in the hard work and it's gonna help me in the long run and in terms of like my job now I still am the only woman in my department, but my boss is a woman. So okay. it's like, if it, it feels really nice. Um, but I, I don't feel like I have a problem with working with all men. Like, no, I have never felt like anyone at my job has made me feel inferior or less. Not, not even just because I'm a woman, but just because I'm like an entry level engineer so I feel like I just work at a really good company that has never made me feel less. So I felt not so confident in college because of the environment. But in my work, I, I do feel like I'm growing in my confidence in, in what I'm doing. Good. Okay. That's good. That's awesome. So and I was actually going to ask a question very similar to that, Rodney. So I'm glad you asked. So I'll just follow up on that. So what necessary steps do you think that's society needs to take to get more girls and more minorities to join STEM programs? Honestly, it all starts with involvement just from when they're young, you know, when they're kids, because I had absolutely no like exposure to STEM until high school. Like I had no idea, like obviously, you know, scientists, like that's pretty standard, but you don't get into all the different you know, everything that's involved with STEM. And when I was in college, I was involved in many different programs between tutoring and just like um, being a TA for students that were K through 12, um, just to 
give them exposure to STEM, to give them that like idea, like that there is more that you can do. And this one program that I was in, which is called SHIP, the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers, like every year we hosted a a Noche de Ciencias, which is a science night for like Hispanic students. And it wasn't just for Hispanic students. It was open to everyone, but it was geared towards towards that to like give them exposure especially like in minority communities where this isn't really seen like we even had like parents come in and they even got like talks about college and financing and all that stuff because again even in the Hispanic community a lot of people are immigrants and they don't have these resources and just being able to help the parents help the kids you know, inspire the kids, like, that's, like, so important, because I feel like if I would have had that kind of exposure at a very young age, like, I would have been a lot more sure of it before I was even in high school, not knowing what the heck I was going to do with the rest of my life. Yeah, I I agree. I think it really is just exposure overall. I'm not sure how we can get there, because, I mean, you know, a lot of minority communities just don't have the money to get exposure, but, I mean, we probably could start I would say just by like having more STEM clubs. Cause I don't, I don't even remember in, in high school. Do we have, do we have like engineering? Cl- I know we have ro- robotics, but man, I'm not, you gotta be a I'm, certain, certain different level of personality to do robotics and stuff like that. I mean, and I feel like, but see, like I spoke about clubs like early on one of these episodes, but it's like, I just think about like me in high school. I wasn't even thinking about that stuff. Like if, right. if we, if we had it, I would have never known. Cause like, the only thing that was really like popular, you know, or whatever was sports. So like, obviously that's the only thing, you know, I mean, our music, our band and stuff that was like right there too. But like, as far as clubs, like I wasn't even thinking about that. So I feel like something we could do is maybe like have more camps, you know, cause speaking from experience, like I went to this math and science is like Exxon mobile camp uh, in sixth grade. And it was for, it wasn't for minorities, but there was like a lot of like inner city youth there um, and like there was some kind of requirements or whatever, but I know that that, and that was actually done through NIU too. We was actually at the engineering building and everything. It was like a two week camp. Um, but that like kind of opened my eyes to like math and science and just like a couple of different like programs. And like, we did like some robotics things, um, you know, they had seminars. So I feel like if you get exposed at a younger age, so basically like how you were saying like those science nights and whatnot, like, you know, if you had those, like, even when you're in elementary school or, you know, when you're young, just to, you know, show kids that there are programs available for, you know, these things and these subjects, I think that'll be better. Because by the time you get to high school, you're kind of like, I feel like a lot of people are almost set in their ways. And it's like, you're really, you're going to go whatever, you know, the crowd you're trying to follow is going. Or, yeah, it got to be cool, pretty much. It got to be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know how you can make STEM cool. I'm not going to lie. It's, it, it's math and science. If you don't like math and science, you're not really going. I mean, I, I did uh, in um, high school, I did some research. There is like little video games that you can do on your computer that like like go back to STEM. But I'm not sure that people in high school would care enough to really do it. I was just exactly. interested because I was already, you know, into that type of stuff. Right. Right. So I, don't, I don't really know what you could do, to be honest. Like, I don't know, man. Yeah, honestly, with working with kids quite a bit, like, you just have to start off in a very, very 
basic level, like try to not overcomplicate things so that they don't feel like it's something impossible for them to comprehend. Like I like to the level that I went with math, like if you would have shown me that when I was 10, I would have been like, heck no, I'm never going to do that. (laughs) But you know, eventually I got there and it's something that you build. It's not something that you just jump in right away and you, you know, you hit the ground running. So I feel like finding a way to make it interesting, but basic at the same time is kind of like a way to make it work. But okay. it takes creativity because kids think differently than us. And yeah. you, you kind of lose, like, I'm not around kids very much. Like there's not that many young people, like young kids in my family that I'm around. So like, hey, like hanging out with them, I was just like, oh, like they would mm-hmm. say things and I'm like, I just couldn't like, to them. I was like, how do I do this? Like, I need, I need to, you know, it was helpful, I guess, in a way, because I mean, even in our jobs, we work with people that are much older than us as well. So it's like being able to have those communication skills with different types of people is important. Yeah. All right. So well, I, you got a question, Rod? No, nah, you got a question. Go ahead. I was going to uh, move yes. on. So um, I, I'm moving on right now, actually. So, all right. I, I'm curious because for me, I, I don't use this at all. Like, so half the stuff you learn from like discrete math, finite, all of that type of stuff. Do you use that in your career? Because I do not use it at all in mine. No, um, honestly, the majority of what I do on in my day to day like job is stuff that I have learned mostly at my job. <laughs> you know, they kind of have taught me what I needed to know a lot of the basic like terminology and that kind of thing in terms of like roadway geometry and that kind of thing. Yeah. I got that from school, but in terms of like vector calculus, no, I'm never going to use that, but I feel like developing the, the, the thought process to be able to think in those kind of different ways has helped me be able to try to think about things differently when I'm working. So I think it helped to some extent, but I definitely do not use vector calculus in my job. <laughs> yeah, it's it's for me, it's a lot of like I don't use math at all, really, unless like when we did back end stuff at my last job, we used a little bit of math to calculate things. But a computer is going to calculate almost everything for you, especially if you program it that way. So it's like, what was the whole point of wasting my time teaching me all of this when you could be teaching me something else about computers and how to use them the correct way i feel like our curriculum especially for uh, stem is so outdated like you'll teach us how to do something by hand and then you'll literally go on the computer and do it on the computer so it's like why did you even teach me that you just wasted my time so i was so just curious the, to see how it is for you yeah. is the degree useless huh is the degree useless i don't say all that i'm not no. gonna say all that because i mean you you do you do learn a lot but to me the 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 amount of math they make us go through is sort of useless the degree itself is not because you do a lot of critical thinking in all of your actual classes not your gen ed stuff but math itself like the level we had to get to, yes absolutely yeah i mean i definitely i mean the curriculum's not perfect it definitely needs to be refined there's definitely a lot of things that i wish there was more like practical applications to the things we did because I mean in college I didn't do very much CAD work like it was maybe like a basic like oh draw something in AutoCAD and I use 
micro station for my job, but that's something I use every single day that I went in not knowing how to use it. Like I had a general understanding of how CAD programs work, but like that's not something that they went in depth with or like just basic things like Excel. Like I had some understanding of Excel that I used to use like general plotting data, making charts, but like a very more in-depth way of using it that's actually how you use it in a job especially a technical job like that's not something they ever taught us and I would have appreciated like at least a class to take it and to be able to because you know you can use excel kind of it's you can do kind of coding with it and there's so many useful applications of it that I don't even know how to do like I would like to learn it but that's me having to take time you know out of my free time to like do more work stuff that it's it's hard for me to push myself to do but yeah I agree with you there's definitely they can do better for sure I have a question so I don't I don't know if you all have heard uh this was maybe a couple months ago uh what happened in Florida with the Surfside condominium uh oh yeah all the that building uh I collapsed I know yeah collapsed and a lot of people were killed a lot of people were pronounce missing um so obviously you being a civil engineer i know you probably don't deal with buildings i think you said bridges um but what was something that you could have think or you know would have been the cause of that or something that uh they could have done better maybe to prevent that um i know like you said you know you're not really dealing with buildings but you should know something you know Yeah, well, from from my understanding of how it all works, like inspections are really important, especially when it comes to, and I'm just talking like roadway here, like bridges. And I, I don't even do bridges. I don't do structures. I am just like on the roadway side, but I still okay. have like an understanding. Like there are like there are evaluations that are done and, you know, they're done at certain periods. And once, you know, the tier, like, you can start to see deterioration. They start to shorten the amount of time period that it takes to do those evaluations. And then like, that's all, you know, documented and like you have to, you know, take the necessary steps to correct that stuff to, for in order for it to be still usable and safe. Right. So in that, from my understanding of that building, there was inspections that were done and there was damage that was noted. There was, you know, cracks and like water damage and things that could be seen that were noted like well before the disaster happened Mm. so I think like making sure that you're always up to standard always up to code always following the inspections like that's like always very important because like you know what's the point of the inspection if you're not going to follow through and make sure that you know you do make things you know safe who is so I don't know if you if you had to take like a, a responsible, a responsible class, I don't know. I'm just naming something right now, but like what, what would be the repercussions? Like who That's would be responsible for that? And like, does, do people go to jail for stuff like that or like what happens? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, that's a good question that I can't speak to myself. Um, I know like per se, if we were to design something correctly that caused like some type of, you know, death or something like the person who signs off on the plans is responsible, like legally, because they're putting their seal, they're putting their signature that this is, was made, you know, to standard. This was made, you know, correctly. Like we do work for the tollway 
And since the tollway is not part of like the government, they're very, very strict on making sure that everything is like super safe. Everything is designed to standard. And like, you know, if something were to be, you know, something were to happen and a lawsuit happens, they're going to the person who signed those plans. So there is, you know, responsibility to be taken for things that are not done correctly. Mm. Dang. So let's say That's something tough. happened on the road and it was like a, a, a $5.6 million loss. That one person would be responsible. Well, I, I don't know that it would be like one person. I Like I said, I don't know exactly how it works. I'm, I haven't really gotten into like the weeds of that myself, but I know there's some responsibility to be taken or let's say, you know, a company didn't quantify the right amount of pavement that's needed or something like that company is going to pay for that difference that they didn't do because it was, you know, their fault that they didn't calculate that correctly. So they would take that loss. So it's important for us to be as accurate as possible. So we, you know, maintain, you know, our profitability. That's scary. Cause you, you actually have like people's lives in your hands. I, I don't, I just, sometimes I like in my last job, I had people's money in my hands. That's pretty much it. And now I just like design websites and stuff like that. So like, I like that. Cause it's like, you mess something up, you can mess it up for like 10, 20 minutes and you can fix it. Even you can mess it up for a day. You know, you'll probably piss a lot of people off, but you're not killing nobody. Like if you make a mistake, it could end in someone's death. I couldn't imagine. I'd be stressed out every day. Like, man, if I mess this calculation up, then what? So like, what's your, what's a day in uh, the life at your job? Like, like, what do you do from start to finish? Um, honestly, every day is pretty different for me because, um, since I'm pretty entry level, what I do is assist other project engineers with their work, with their projects, with whatever they need to get done. Um, so I guess whenever the time comes that I get assigned a project myself, then I will be more focused in that. But typically I'll go into the office. I will set my things down, grab my cup. I drink tea. I don't drink coffee right now, but you know, I'll grab my cup of tea, usually some type of conversation in the lunchroom because there's always people there grabbing their coffee in the morning sit down look at emails um usually plenty of those and i usually already have a list of things that i need to get done um i work on things between like traffic studies crash analysis i i have written reports i help with plan production and um the i guess the the way that we we create plans to let, you know, to show how things are supposed to be constructed. And like, there's usually like a, a three parts to it. So there's like the preliminary part where it's just like the first set of plans and then you send them out for review and then you get comments back and then you fix things and you continue to your design, develop the design. And that's something that I do. I help them out when we receive comments or when things need to be fixed. Um, it's really just whatever they need me to do. So it's it's usually that all day. Um, get done and go home and do it all over again the next day. So you don't have to like necessarily do anything design wise yet? Because I know you said you have to do four years of design, right? Or something like that. Yeah. Right now, I'm, I haven't touched too much 
in depth in design. I have done a, a few things here and there, especially with like geometry and that kind of stuff. And but mostly what I do gets revised by like, you know, higher, higher people than what I do. Like even the people that I work for, their stuff gets checked. So there's many levels of checks that gets done before something is submitted. So yeah, I haven't done too much into design, but like I've like learned like an astronomical amount within these last two years that I've been working for them. So it's like, there's like not an endless amount of opportunity to learn all the, all the things that I've been learning, I feel like are important to get me to that step to be able to start like designing things. Okay. Ooh. I have a question. Um, And obviously this could be now, you know, you could be doing your dream job now, but what would be like your dream job or position or company? Um, I know you spoke about like the license, um, you know, would you be wanting to get that license or maybe you want to move up in the company you're in, or maybe there's another company, you know, that you always, you know, wanted to work for once you started getting into this field. It could, like I said, it could be exactly what you're doing now. You could love doing that. And, you know, I know you said your entry level, so obviously you have responsibilities, but you don't have the responsibility like whoever's signing off on, yeah. you know, <laughs> on the tollway or whatever. So what uh would be your dream, you know, job or position or company? Um, well, right now I, I still feel like pretty unsure in the direction that I'm gonna take like in the future. Um so far I, I really like what I'm doing. I really like this company. They're they're a little bit of a smaller company. So I've been able to wear a lot of different kinds of hats and work on so many different types of projects that I wouldn't necessarily see if I worked at a bigger company, they kind of right. would, I perhaps would be working on the same thing all the time um, versus what I'm doing now. So I see myself working for them for a while. I, I don't see a reason why I would leave at this time. Um, but in terms of like, what I would like to do, I think I wouldn't continue so much like long-term down the road, not so much technical because you can be between like, you can be a technical engineer or you can go into management. And I kind of see myself more on the management side. Um, money is. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You're right there. Um, but some people just, it's just not their calling. It's just not what makes them happy. And although I like all the technical stuff, I feel like I'm more of a people person and that requires, you know, more people handling and that kind of thing. So I kind of see myself going in that direction, but for that, I would definitely need my license. <laughs> gotcha. Awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So what's, what's the right way to wear this question? What's the wrong way? <laughs> trying to all right so i know there's like for me there's fortune 500 companies that well like fortune 10s actually that i would love to work for like google for example amazon for example what's a fortune 500 or 10 for civil engineering i don't know too much about that at all like what's a big company that a lot of civil engineers like oh i would love to work for them that's my dream job if i could possibly get in there i would give up everything Honestly, that's a good question. I'm not really sure um, because I was, you know, just coming into the field, I was very like even unaware of like just everything that there is to to know and be interested in. And 
when I was applying for jobs, I was just applying for anywhere that had, you know, an opening position that kind of their, um, like their goals kind of aligned with my goals and that kind of thing. Um, so I was just kind of applying all over the place. <laughs> so I don't really know uh, of some. I know there are like some pretty big companies and international companies, and um, I couldn't name any right now. I wouldn't want to like tell you a lie or something. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. So this this question is actually for you, Rodney, because you went to NIU. She has a sister, correct? That that goes to NIU. So mm-hmm. what advice would you give her as a former NIU student? <laughs> Uh, I mean, is she, is, what's her major? Is she in STEM? Nursing. Nursing? Oh, well, that's one of the best programs they have there. But, uh, I mean, advice, I would just say same advice I give everybody that's looking to go to college, uh, time management. That's probably the number one thing you can take a hold of and you can control to make sure that, uh, your college experience is successful. Um, you know, I learned the hard way. When I came in my first semester, uh, you know, I was I, I I was new to college. You know, I, I thought it was all fun and games. So I used to skip class, all types of stuff. And I was on scholarship. I had multiple scholarships um, and they almost took it away. So, you know, I had to really, you know, humble myself and really just, you know, figure out what it is that I can control as far as my schedule. Um, I switched my schedule up. Um, obviously we've all been to college, so, you know, I'm not a person that would like to take morning classes like that, especially like on Fridays, like that was probably the dumbest thing I could ever did. Um, so after first semester, I never had a Friday class again, but time management. And then I would say, um, join clubs, uh, networking. So like, that's probably, you know, whether it's a fraternity, sorority, a club, you know, you know, an engineering club, a nursing club, or anything like that, that is what is going to help you in the long run after college, because those relationships that you built in that club is what's going to propel you, you know, for your career. So I would encourage her to, you know, even if she's not going to be in the club long term or whatever, go to the informal nights, you know, go and see what it's about, you know, meet those people, make those connections. You never know who's going to be the one, you know, you might need down the road. And then, um, be present, you know, in class, pay attention, uh, go to the office hours every so often, you know, NIU is real easy with that. Uh, they always have open office hours, um, with the campus, as far as like the campus goes, cause I'm gonna tell y'all this story because like, obviously we lived in DeKalb for a while, you know, yeah. like I, I thought NIU was so sweet, like, oh, I've been to this for so many camps and all this different stuff. Like I know the campus. So first day of class, man, uh, I got in my car and I was like, what? I was already like running late. So I was like literally like five minutes late or whatever. So I'm all right. Let me just go. I'm going to park here. No park. For one, I didn't even know you needed a parking pass. So I don't know if she has a car or not, but she definitely needs to get a parking pass. She needs to go to the uh, it's right by the Center for Black Studies, the little transportation thing, spot a uh, parking garage. Go get a parking permit, because if you're trying to park in DuSable, it's for one, you need to come about 20, 30 minutes early because DuSable would be sold up like you're not going to get no parking spots. So I, I did the dummy. I tried to come like five minutes late. No parking spot. So then I'm like, all right, let me just put my car on the line. Parked at VCB. Went to parked at VCB. There's really like no spots in there. I ended up being like 20 minutes late to the class. 
I ended up dropping that class one because I couldn't understand them anyway. So like it was just a terrible first day. Um, I completely did not like map out anything that I was going to do for the day. So like just planning and organization um, and like maybe get a map, you know, for the campus. Like it doesn't seem like it's that big, but especially because the nursing, yeah, the nursing building is actually like further away from the campus. Like it's actually like all the way down, like past engineering building, all that. So I would definitely recommend that. And then the bus schedule, you know, even if you got a car, like the buses is the best thing you can do because like I said, the parking, like you're not going to be able to find parking like that readily available. So get familiar with the 2L, 2R, you know, those are my best friends. They're going to take you wherever you need to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Vanessa, I got a question for you about Iowa. So if you can go back and do it again, what is something that you would change and also tell us your, your funnest moment that you've had at Iowa? Um, something I would change would be to try to branch out a little bit more outside of engineering because like my freshman year, I dormed in a dorm that was, you know, mostly engineering students. You know, I lived and breathed engineering. All the organizations I did were engineering and like, it was really easy to get yourself sucked into this like little bubble. Um, and I was comfortable there. So, you know, we're not always our best in our comfort zone. You know, we learn and grow outside of that. So that's something I, that I would change, try to get to know more people outside of, of that. Um, my funnest moment. I don't, that's a, a good question. There's, there's a, lot. a lot. Yeah. There's definitely a lot. I had a lot of fun when I was there, but, I think just to generalize, I think my freshman year, I had the most amount of fun because I probably had the least amount of responsibility, um, especially in terms of like school and, and things like that. So just going out to all the little parties, even if they were school related, yeah. like all of that, meeting all the people, it, all of that was so much fun. Yeah. If, if, if I had to change something for her personally, I would be uh, she should go out more. She didn't. She didn't go out at all, bro. When I was there, bro, no. I think I think he went out maybe like four or five times my whole year there. Her or our bro. friend Imani. My favorite moment at Iowa would be it was this one day that me, Mike. I don't know who else we were with, but I just know it was me and Mike. We went to like this tailgate, bro, at like six in the morning, <laughs> bro. They had so many bottles. They had so much jungle juice, just everything you can possibly imagine there, and like. We went to, we, we were supposed to go to the game. The game started at 11. We drank so much, we couldn't even make it to the game. Go to the game, yeah. Yeah, we, we <laughs> ended up waking up at like 10 p.m., bro, and we went to the bars and stayed all the way out to like 2, 3 in the morning, bro. That was, <laughs> that was, that was the best time of my life, like that, that day. Sounds like Iowa tailgating. <laughs> yeah. I, I really miss Iowa. Like, I, I don't regret, I do regret spending $40,000 there. I can't lie. Like, that was, that was just ridiculous. That's how I had to get out of there. But I do not regret going there. Like if, if I had to make that decision again, I would make that decision again because I met you. I met Rose, Mike, Lydia, Imani, Aaliyah, literally friends that I'm keeping forever. Yeah. So. yeah, I agree. I don't think I could have chosen a better school for myself. Yeah, I feel like we all got lucky. For real. <laughs> Dang. Oh, Damo. I can't forget about my boy Damo. That was disrespectful. <laughs> Dang. I'm sorry, bro. If you're watching this. <laughs> it's a day. All right, so we're about to wrap it up, so we can get back to these uh, football games. You know, let's be real here. It's Sunday, yes, Sunday, NFL Sunday. Sunday. So oh, yeah. um, before, smack before, right now. 
Yeah. Before we leave, we always ask people um, what advice do they have for anybody out there? It does not have to be engineering advice. It just be any advice at all. So we'll let you go first, Vanessa. Um, I would say to never be scared to take on um, a new challenge or if there's an opportunity that presents itself just because you don't feel like you're ready. Um, we tend to be we tend to be prepared for things more than we know or give credit to ourselves. So always, you know, be willing to take on a challenge. And like I said before, we learn our best outside of our comfort zone. Absolutely. I agree with that. Right. Uh, man. Uh, well, I mean, we kind of talked about it earlier. So like exposure, it's kind of like what you just said, but, um, so exposure, you know, I'm gonna use, uh, what they said on that. I am athlete, you know, what Fred be saying, exposure leads to expansion. So basically, you know, you got to expose yourself, you know, whether that be at a young age, at an old age or whatever, so you can expand, you know, whether that's your knowledge, whether that's your experiences, whatever it might be, Um, you know, so like she was saying, don't be afraid to take on that challenger, but, you know, don't be afraid to put yourself out there and, you know, into a field that you might not know about, like something like this, you know, you guys are both engineers, while it be um, different fields, you know, you both have some, you know, similar similar knowledge you know about it while i don't have any so you know this is an exposure moment for me you know that might lead to some expansion that's just uh yeah that that that's probably is like one of my favorite quotes from i am athlete yeah fred cool fred might be the like the smartest he might, one. He I might be the smartest one older <laughs> yeah i for real for real mine is just be uh fully committed in what you do so like lately I, i've been dipping my hands in a lot of different things and what it's been doing is what I've noticed lately is that I've been half-assing everything. So I would just say, if you actually want to put your mind to something, just be fully committed, go out there and actually do it hundred percent. Don't try to half-ass it. So I'm correcting a lot of things, including this podcast. This is something we've kind of, well, I know for sure that I've been half-assing, like we haven't had an episode yeah, in what, like have. two months, Yeah, but we we're have. fully committed now. So you we know, in we're there. Gonna, yeah, we're, we're here to stay. We are aware of our problems and we're going to solve those problems. And so basically just be fully committed. That's my advice for everyone out there. A famous hood person. <laughs> a famous hood person once say, don't talk about it. Be about it. So we being about it right now, you know. That's but it. Thank you so much, Vanessa, for coming on here and doing the podcast with us. You know, I really learned a lot about civil engineering. Um, I'm going to do too, some research myself. That. Right. Um, yeah, really appreciate having you on. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you. you for having me. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad I get to see your face. It's been forever. <laughs> I I'm know, kinda, it's been too long. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of shitty that we didn't see you when we were in Chicago, but we'll double back and I'll make sure I come see you for sure. We'll make it happen. All right. See ya. See ya. See y'all. Yes. Did you just see what I just did? I did one finger. <laughs> and, what's going on, bro? All right, y'all. All right. <laughs>